Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet historian and best-selling author Ibram X. Kendi, anthropologist Maggie Paxson, and best-selling author and happiness and habit expert Gretchen Rubin. Each of these authors has researched their subjects deeply, and through the process of unearthing history and examining the stories of others, they also each found themselves personally moved by the power of history and how it is at work in all of our lives. Hear more about how recording these audiobooks affected them, and what little audiobook one of these authors returns to again and again. Enjoy. Hi, this is Ibram X. Kendi. I wrote How to Be an Anti-Racist because people kept asking me how they can be an anti-racist in places where I would give speeches, after speeches, on social media, in private correspondence. And so this question, how can I be an anti-racist, you know, sort of kept being put before me. And so ultimately I decided, how about I answer this question in book form? So I think most people have heard the term anti-racist, but I don't think most people have a sense of what it is. Specifically, I don't think people understand that there's no such thing as a not-racist. And so I think many people use not-racist and anti-racist almost interchangeably, when in fact we should just be thinking of this dividing line between racism and anti-racism. So even though How to Be an Anti-Racist is somewhat autobiographical, the story of it is, I think, twofold. How we each can march and strive to be anti-racist, and I try to use my own personal life to model that. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, it would be exacting. Because on every pronunciation, on every word, even on tone and flow, everything has to be exact. Typically, when you speak, or at least when I give speeches, that's what's sort of different than writing. Because writing, I can make writing exact. But speaking, you you don't necessarily have to be. But when you're speaking in an audio book, you have to be exacting. I realized I had trouble pronouncing toward. I typically say towards with an S, and I had to be corrected pretty much every single time throughout narrating this audiobook. I think I'm excited for listeners to sort of to hear my passion, you know, at times, my laughing at times, my sadness at times, and seriousness at times, and preacher voice at times, you know, different types of emotions or voices which reflect sort of different passages in the book. If I wasn't narrating my audiobook, I would I would cast Malcolm X. And I would cast Malcolm X because you know he was one of the greatest orators of the 20th century and I think the range of the way in which he spoke could presumably speak to the personal and the political that is both articulated in this book, because oftentimes in his speeches, he would get personal, and there would just be a range of emotionality. 
Just as Malcolm X oftentimes got personal in his speeches and certainly, obviously, in his best-selling autobiography, I decided to get personal in this book because I think like Malcolm X, he used his personal story as a lesson to people, as a teaching mechanism. And he also showed his vulnerability and his ability to change as a teaching mechanism, stressing and encouraging people to be vulnerable, to self-reflect, to open themselves up, and to transform themselves. Because clearly he was seeking fundamentally to transform this country. I think a few months ago I listened to the novel Washington Black. And, I mean, I think just the book was incredibly well-written, and certainly the way in which it was performed and narrated by the narrator was, I think, you know, brilliant. The novel essentially goes from the Caribbean to the United States to Europe to Africa. (laughs) I mean, it really travels around the world, and so you have characters and even accents from people all over the world. I would imagine it would just be extremely difficult to narrate, but it seemed very easy, which meant that the narrator was really good as well as was working with some great material. Hi, this is Maggie Paxson, author of The Plateau. I was inspired by an absolutely extraordinary story I heard almost by accident several years ago about a small plateau in France that sheltered hundreds and maybe thousands of people during the Second World War. I learned about how a group of people risked all kinds of danger and even death to protect strangers, and I really wanted to understand it better. In many ways, I can't imagine a more inspiring story today when we have all kinds of strangers and refugees arriving at our shores. I was inspired also by the life of Daniel Trocmé. He was a young man who went to the plateau to help with a rescue effort. The thing I find really inspirational about Daniel was his kind of pure-hearted goodness. His world at a certain point cracked open, And he was open to the possibilities that the world that he knew from his childhood wasn't the only world that there was. And I think that was really important to him. But also, I could see in that how he somehow managed to land in a really beautiful place, a place where his kind of love and goodness caused him to blossom fully as a human being. His story isn't the story of a perfect person, but it's a story of a person who in a moment was perfect, a moment where he was really needed. He chose love over fear. So I was immensely inspired by the collective in this plateau, but I was also inspired by this one young man who really gave up his life for love. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be emotional. This story is very personal to me, and I wrote it really kind of up close to both my mind and my heart. And I found, I didn't know really that this was going to happen, but I found that as I read, 
I was reliving these stories, the stories that I was learning about from the Second World War, but also the sort of evolving story of my understanding today. So I found myself getting, you know, quite emotional as I did that. The emotions themselves were very good, and many of them I, I felt a lot of kind of, you know, love and compassion welling up, but also this terrible sadness of the story of the Second World War and the losses that were there. So emotional. I realized I had trouble pronouncing several words. You write words down, you've known them your whole life, you think you know how to pronounce them, and then you try to pronounce them, and it's all wrong. One of them, of the many that I didn't know how to pronounce, was mean, M-I-E-N, as in mild mean, somebody's face. And <laughs> I thought it was pronounced mane, like a lion has a mane. <laughs> so, and another word that I had trouble with was bulwark. I, for some reason added a K, and I thought it was pronounced bulk work. I don't know. It's some weird dyslexia something or other. There were several others. I had lots of words in foreign languages. I did my best, some of them easier for me than others. The French and the Russian were pretty normal. But yeah, there were languages in there that I have no business trying to pronounce <laughs> the words of. I'm proud that I was able to read in such a way that some of the music that I think I put into the text was clear. When you write something on a page, you never know when you breathe kind of life into it, if it's going to have the life that it was meant to have. And I'm a writer, but I'm also a singer. And I was happy that I could breathe some of that musicality into the text. Like with music, I think I wished I could have had 10, you know, 100 more chances to do it in, in lots and lots of different ways. But I was happy that I could perform it in that way. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Daniel Day-Lewis because I absolutely love his voice. I love the nuance and the soulfulness in it. I love the texture of it, the melodic quality of it. Of all the voices, his is the voice that I think I would love best. Hi, this is Gretchen Rubin, author of 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill. I was inspired to write this short, unconventional biography because I was absolutely fascinated by the life and character of Winston Churchill. But the more I learned about Winston Churchill and his life and his times, the more I realized that you could tell the story of Winston Churchill in many different ways. You could paint many portraits of Churchill, all of which would be accurate. And I decided that I would write 40 ways to look at Winston Churchill in order to explore the tensions between all these different ways of trying to capture the grandeur and complexity of Churchill's life. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would probably be emotional. I was so moved by Winston Churchill's story that several times I kind of choked up and I had to really collect myself before I could keep recording because I am just so transfixed by Churchill's own language and by what he went through that I really do get quite emotional. 
I realized I had trouble pronouncing many, many words associated with Churchill's life. There were place names like Omderman. There were people's names like Canadine. There were words that sort of gave me trouble like financier, financier. I'm like, how do you say that word anyway? Words like bibulous or opprobrious that I always assumed that I knew, but we had to check to know if it was exactly right. Privateers, that was a word that I loved that I realized I'd never heard anybody say it out loud. So each time that I record an audiobook, I learn. I'm still now saying Jim Cracks correctly after having recorded my book Happier at Home when I found that I had been mispronouncing that word my entire life. I'm excited that listeners will be introduced to the story of Winston Churchill. However, I have to say that when I wrote this book, I expected that the people who would be most interested in it would be the people who knew very little about Churchill. And so they would want to read a short biography that kind of captured all the biggest moments and biggest themes. What I found ever since the book came out, though, is the people who are most interested in 40 Ways to Look at Winston Churchill tend to be the people who already know a great deal about Winston Churchill because they're interested in seeing how I sift through the facts and how I present different perspectives on Churchill. So I wrote the book thinking that it would resonate with some people and realized that it actually resonated with a different group of people. But I'm very excited that this is going out into the world to help anyone who is interested in Winston Churchill, who I have to say again, I think is absolutely one of the most fascinating people to study and think about in the world. The last great audiobook that I listened to was a book that I have listened to many times, and I'm sure that I will listen to it many more times. It's listening to the brilliant recording of Cherry Jones reading Little House in the Big Woods. I have read that book innumerable times, and I find that listening to it brings me an entirely different kind of pleasure to a book that I love so well. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.